The following podcast is a production of Mosaic in Whittier, California, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information about Mosaic gatherings and events, please visit mosaic.org. Hey guys, good evening. Welcome to our Elements Gathering here in June. Um, I haven't actually been up here for an Elements Gathering for a while, so this is actually kind of cool because I think the first time we did it, there was like five or six or seven of us, and uh, so we're growing and this is a good thing. Um, probably, about two, probably about two years ago, uh, I was wondering, when I was talking with Octavio and the various other people involved in Mosaic Whittier, uh, how this was even going to happen. Because uh, it's kind of a big thing. Um, and about that time, a few people started trickling in, uh, crossing our paths, some uh, making the acquaintance of Octavio first, and we made some introductions and just started talking. Um, so from my perspective, it's really kind of cool to see how this has come together. And we went from something here to now we're growing, and we get to uh, celebrate really one of just two of the sacraments that we're called to do. And so I'm pretty happy uh, to see this happening. So two years ago, close to it, uh, a couple of people were brought into our fold, into our little core group. And uh, they have uh, contributed greatly. I know a lot of people have been touched by their lives. I know I have been served by them, by words, by their, 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 uh, their really just their openness to be used by the Creator to, to do some good stuff. So to, tonight we have one of the two, uh, and they are married. Tonight I'm going to ask, I'm going to call uh, Corey Shaw, uh, who really has a, a great heart for people, uh, a pastor's heart. So we've asked him to uh, lead us in this evening's uh, Elements Gathering as we join together and celebrate. All right, Corey Shaw. Hey, um, thank you guys for coming. Isn't this, uh, this place beautiful? It's an awesome, awesome building. Yeah, go ahead. Do you realize he just um, applauded an inanimate object, <laughs> not, not anybody's hard work or anything else? <laughs> but listen, thank you for being here. Um, how many of you are surfers? Thank you. Thank you. That's great. Okay, how many of you have either seen the ocean, uh, maybe saw it in a magazine, or even heard of the ocean? Go ahead and raise your, raise your hand. Okay, so everybody. Um, and in those photos, did you guys ever see uh, a wave or a surfer on a wave? Yeah, th- thank you. Yes, a few of you. Okay, for everybody else, you can tune out now. So a, a few years back... Um, I was out body surfing, and, and, and by the way, um, pigs can fly, if, if you didn't know, and, and, and I'll get back to that, but um, I was out body surfing, and, and if you guys know um, anything about body surfing, even surfing or uh, body boarding, you, you know that you're out there in the water, and, and you're basically um, enveloped, and you just have your head above water, and you're kind of floating out there, and um, and you see off in the distance that this, um, this mass of water, and, and then this ripple begins to form. And, and you're sitting there, and, and as the, the ripple approaches you, it, it gets larger and larger. Uh, and then at some point, it, it becomes um, rather frightening, uh, unless you've been out there several times. Um, and for those of you that have done this, you, you know you have to be in the right spot, okay? Because uh, if you're too far ahead, the, the wave's just going to crash down on you, and it's going to hurt. If you're too far behind, you're not going to catch the wave. 
So you kind of have to be in the sweet spot. And, and as the wave approaches you, you, you begin to paddle away from it. And, and the whole idea of that is so that you build up momentum, and then as this wave comes, it will take on your momentum and include it with its own and push you forward for the thrill of your life. Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> so here comes this, this wave that um, is probably about 20 feet, maybe six. And, and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm paddling away from it. And, and before I know it, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm at the crest of this wave right on the top, and I'm looking down. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, wow, there's a, a lot of room between where I'm at and where the rest of the water is. But I'm, but I'm thinking, okay, I'm not a quitter. Uh, I'm not going to give up on this wave. I'm going to go ahead and paddle harder so I can catch it. And, and before I know it, um, and, and I'd put on a couple pounds back then, so this is where pigs can fly. <laughs> I, I, I noticed that I'm free-falling, head over heels, straight down into the water. And, and the next thing I know, I'm, I'm, my back is tweaked, my neck is tweaked, and, and I'm just tumbling against the bottom of the ocean floor. And, and I know that um, oxygen's important because I just had the wind knocked out of me, and I really need it. I need it badly. And, and so I'm trying to, to figure out, okay, which way is up, and, and how do I go that way? And, and as I begin to figure it out, I just get hit again. And then I try to get up, and I get hit again. And this whole time, I'm underwater just tumbling. Finally, the, uh, the sand, the cloud of sand in the, in the water begins to settle, and things calm down. And I, I spring up out of the water, and I land, and I realize it's about this high. So I probably wasn't in any real danger, but, um, <laughs> but I made it through that. And, and over the last two or, or three weeks, I've, I've been on a um, similar ride. It, except um, with this ride, there was no ocean. And really, there was no water. But the turbulence and even the, the pain of that ride ha has been very similar. Um, I, I'm going to go through a, a few terms, and I'm going to put them in groups of three. So we'll start with the first three. And what I want you to do is um, just think of these words. Um, maybe it's something you're going through now. Maybe it's uh, something you've been through in the past. But, but one thing I do know is that we've all experienced one of these words. So it, it's going to hit home in, in one way or another. And, and those three words are overwhelmed, exhausted, and anxious. And I think it's safe for me to say that we've all experienced those in rather real, real ways. And, and this is something that I've experienced lately. And the second group of three words um, kind of corresponds to the first three. And, and those three words are personal, self-focus, and selfish. Because think about it. And, and by the way, the first three words, they're, they're actually very uh, similar to um, flatulence. <laughs> you, you don't see it? Overwhelmed, exhausted, and, and anxious. You, you don't get it. I mean, I mean, really, honestly, can't can't flatulence be a metaphor for just about anything, <laughs> right? And, and and by the way, if if you're sitting there thinking, "Wow, um, that's this probably isn't the right place for for that," um, actually, you're probably in the wrong place because uh, 
that's the way it is here. <laughs> so, no, really, I mean, and let's think about it. Um, overwhelmed, exhausted, and anxious. One, we, we've all experienced it, right? Just like flatulence. And ladies, please don't lie. You, you, you know, the worst thing you can do, especially you moms, is you can tell your kids, oh, no, honey, no, 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 um, girls don't uh, break wind. Um, <laughs> girls don't do those sort of things. Because you know what's going to happen is the first time you do it and your son hears it, you are not going to live it down, ever, ever. And, and actually, all the other guys, males in the house, will not let you live it down. And, and I specifically remember my mom telling me that. And when, when, uh, when I heard that booming thunder, boy, <laughs> whoo. So we, we've all experienced it. The other thing is that it, it builds slowly, right? It, it may seem sudden to you in some cases, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that it builds slowly. And, and lastly, it's similar in this way, is that um, we all feel better, really, when we air it out. Really, when you're overwhelmed and you're exhausted, okay, and you're anxious, and you share that with somebody, in sharing that with somebody, you begin to discover, okay, um, why is it that I'm this way, and, and how can I deal with it? And by, by having that conversation, you begin to feel better. So now every time you hear overwhelmed, exhausted, and anxious, you know what to think about. So, so that leads us to our next three words, which is personal, um, self-focus and selfish. Because really, when we're in those moments where we're experiencing um, the moment of being overwhelmed or even exhausted from several weeks of, of work or whatever it might be, or we're feeling anxious for those things that are to come, really what we begin to do is it's a personal moment for us. We experience those things in our own bubble. It, it's not a, a community feeling, really because it's our own personal experiences that have brought us to that point. So it becomes very personal, and, and in that we begin to focus on ourselves. Okay, how can I get past being overwhelmed? How can I get from beneath all this burden? How, how can I get rest so that I'm no longer exhausted? How can I take care of things now so that the future doesn't surprise or shock me? So we begin to self-focus. How can I do this? How can I do that? And, and really, when we begin to self-focus, we begin to be selfish. We start thinking of things in terms of, okay, I'm overwhelmed, so these things going on around me, what do I need to do so that I can get better? Because let me go away and let me get better, and, and then I can be relational with other people. So, and... and that brings us to the third group of words. And those are presumption, irritation, and quite frankly, not being liked. See, because we begin to, as we focus on ourselves, we begin, begin to presume that, okay, well, this person is, uh, is doing this only because they know that I'm maybe in a... Um, a position where things are going to hurt me more than they normally would. Or I'm presuming that, oh, this person is doing this because of this. 
And, and then really what happens is we, we begin to be irritated with all the things that are going on around us. We begin to let those things become very personal and we begin to lash out because we are presuming that somebody is attacking us. And, and really, when you're an irritable person, you're, you're not well-liked. I, I know I don't like to be around those people, and, and I would assume that most other people don't like to be around those people who are always on edge, always irritable, always looking out for themselves. So we're going to be turning to 1 Peter chapter 5. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. And while you're doing that, I'll, I'll open up a little bit to you. And I'll tell you that this wave that I've been riding the last few weeks has definitely been overwhelming. It's definitely been exhausting. And I've become very anxious about the things to come. And what happened was I began to take it very personal. I began to focus on myself and become selfish. And, and when you do that, um, again, you begin to presume things. You begin to be irritable and unliked. And, and as my wife, um, because she is a saint, you all know that. <laughs> I'm just dragging her down. Um, it, she would reach out to me. Maybe not in a, a direct way, but she would hint, okay, how can I help you in this? How can I help you get over or relieve some of this? And, and well, I, I just presumed, uh, you know, you don't want any part of this. And so I become irritable, and I became irritable with her. And, and, and I know she didn't like me. <laughs> and, and guys, remember this too. When, when you're on your cell phone in your car and... Um, and your wife tells you, you know, I'm so frustrated that we need to hang up because I can't drive and talk to you right now. That's rough. That's rough. And, and that's where I was at. And so I found myself in this hole and searching for a, a way to get out. And, and the amazing thing is, is that as I prepare for tonight, I think I discovered something. I think something was shown to me that has helped me. And, and I can only assume that some of you might be in the same position now. And, and my hope is that this would speak to you as well. So as we turn, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to go uh, verse 6. And, and basically here, um, Peter is going to give us our next set of three words. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So let's, let's examine that a little further and open it up. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore. So what, what's Peter saying, basically? He's saying, relax, relax, take a step back. It's not all doom and gloom. Humble yourself and know that you're under the mighty hand of God. So Peter's saying, listen, no matter where you might be right now, know this, know that God is grace. And, and I think that's one thing that we don't think about enough is God's grace. Because if we really understood what it meant, 
and how God is just a, a flowing river of grace. And whenever you hear the word grace, remember that's love. God rains down grace on us because he loves us. So here Peter's saying, take a step back, know that God is love. And he goes on, that he may lift you up in due time. And, and here Peter's saying, have faith. Know that God is love and he is full of grace. Have faith in him that he will lift you up in due time. And then verse 7, the last of three words here. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Ah, what a word of hope. And and get this too. Here, um, Peter makes this a very personal verse. He he uses the definite article twice. And, And what that is, is he's being very specific. He's not being general. He's telling you something very, very specific here. He's saying, cast your anxiety, cast your anxiety, cast your anxiety on him. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. It's very personal. Peter's not saying this in general. Cast all anxiety on him because he is love. He's saying, cast your anxiety And you could feel that Peter's been in that moment where he's just felt overwhelmed and anxious. And he's saying, no, no, I've experienced this. And and I know that I can give this to God because he is able to handle it. And and I also love the word cast here in in, in the Greek. And who cares about Greek, right? But um, in in the Greek, it really means to, to throw, to get rid of, to toss. And, and that, that tells me that when we, when we cast, when we're pushing off those things that, that weigh us down, when we're giving those things to God, it's actually a, a physical and it's movement and it's energy. It's not that God's going to come by and just take it from us and say, okay, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're fine now. No, it actually takes work on our part. That we need to cast those things off to God. And, and I love the language that, that he uses here. So, so here, um, Peter's giving us three words. Love, faith, and hope. And the whole word cast, it, it reminds me of the, the time where my wife was getting out of the shower and she was drying off. And um, she, she, felt, uh, she felt this kind of prickling on her back. And, and it didn't stay in one spot. So, and she sees it, and, and mind you, my wife freaks out over spiders, okay? And she sees a spider on her back. Yeah, she is a spider killer. She'll go out there with Raid for an hour and just hunt them down. She's on them. So she, she sees a spider on her, and you could only imagine the way she threw it off of her. And, and, and I could only, I, I picture that when I, I see Peter say, cast your anxiety. This is weighing you down. Get it off of you. Because you can't handle it, but somebody can. So we're told to cast that away. <laughs> and, and we've heard this so many times, so many times, that 
when we have that connection to Christ and we begin to, to believe in, in what he does for us, is that he actually begins to, um, to vigorate us and, and to ignite a spark in us, and we begin to live out the lives that we were created to live. But never are we told that that's an easy thing. Never. But it is worth it. See, in the Old Testament, early on, we're given Ten Commandments. And, and basically, these commandments are the, um, the basic, the, the default uh, of what humanity should be. These aren't, these aren't things that are impossible. They are, uh, they are actual. You can do these things. It doesn't take much work just to do these basic things. See, and then, and then in the New Testament, early on, we have Jesus, who he takes what is default, and then he tells us, okay, but now this. This is life. This is breath. If you do these things, you will experience life. And, and he does that in Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes. And, and the interesting thing is when we're reading those, we just did a series on that recently. So hopefully it's fresh. But some of the words that he uses is poor, mourn, meek, thirsty, hungry, and he ends with persecuted. And, and to us, we, we can't wrap our mind around that. And I think the last song that they did was so beautiful. It says we're actually born in death. See, there's all these paradoxes in Scripture that tell us, okay, as we give ourselves away to other people, we're actually infused by God and energized by God. And, and here, it's the same thing. As, as we become low and we lift other people up, we are actually lifted up in the process. So it, it's not easy. We're never told it's easy. Um, let, let's go ahead and turn to Romans 12. So in, in, in Romans 12, Paul is going to give us our, our last set of three words our, or terms. Um, so let's look at 12, verse 1. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So what Paul's telling us here in these first few verses is that, okay, there's faith, hope, and love, and all these things, okay? But there's an, another process to it. And, and as you live out this life of faith, hope, and love, and you begin to realize that God has actually infused you with desires and passions that he wants you to live out, you, you begin to mature and to grow. And it's a, a constant progression. We, we never walk into a room without another door. We will open a door and we're opened up to a room of possibilities and potential. And then there's another door with more possibilities and potential. And at that moment where you think, okay, I'm finally mature or I've, I'm finally grown up, know that you are just beginning. It's an amazing journey that we all get to be a part of. And let's skip down to uh, verse 6. Here Paul says, we have different gifts according to the grace of given us. 
I, I don't know about you, but if, if any of you might be in the, the thinking that um, you have nothing to offer or you don't know what it is you have to offer, or maybe you think there's something hindering you from being able to offer or, or some disability. See, it doesn't matter what you think about what you have to offer, what your gifts and your talents are. The, the fact is, is that you have them, that they're there. They may be buried beneath all this other stuff, but they're there. And I, I once heard somebody say that um, we're told that God knew us before we were born, right? And he explained it this way, that we were actually an image in the mind of God, that God imagined us a certain way. And, and that's powerful to, to think that the God who created the heavens and the earth imagined you specifically. And he imagined you in a way that it was so amazing and so miraculous. But even more than that, what he did was he didn't make it just a potential. See, he gave you gifts at your very core that make it actual. So you can actually live out that image that was in God's mind before you were even born. What, what a powerful, powerful concept. And as we begin to understand that, that we were created for purpose, for meaning, we also begin to understand that, to borrow a, a friend's term, we begin to understand our transcendent identity. See, because so often we, we're stuck here in time. We live one moment to the next moment to the next moment to the next moment, and then all of a sudden there is no next moment, and our moments are gone. But, but see, when we begin to realize that, no, there's actually something other, something beyond that we were created to do and do in a powerful way, then see, our, our, our thinking is, is just opened up. Our, our horizons are broadened. And we begin to, to think and to dream big. We see colors we've never seen before. Smells we've never smelled, ideas that we've never had before, because we're no longer stuck in this cage of, of linear time, but we're beyond that. I'm going to end with a few verses, starting from verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. That's growth. That's maturity. That's realizing that there's something beyond what we experience here and now, that there is more. So as we're overcome and burdened and exhausted and anxious, there's two roads that we can take. We can begin looking to ourselves to make it personal. Or we can begin to realize that this is a moment where I can truly, truly thrive and impact and when I was talking about dreaming big, 
See, this isn't, this isn't front page news or, or the top story or the video that went viral or, or any of those things. See, again, that's thinking in the here and now. But Christ opens us up to think beyond. So when I say we begin to dream big, dream big is a young lady going from attempted suicide in one year to going overseas to help kids get their nails cut, their teeth brushed, and maybe give them the love and compassion that they had no idea existed. Big is a group of people going to Thailand to see people who have been prostatized, abused, taken advantage of, told that they're nothing, that they're a tool, and maybe give them a little bit of hope and understanding. That's big. Big is giving an ear to your neighbor who's going through a divorce, who's broken, and sees no meaning to life, no purpose, and no reason to go on. See, those are the, the big moments that God has created us for. And, and too often we're stuck looking in the here and now and how we can be recognized in this moment. But the big moments, the big moments, that's what nobody else sees but you, God, and the person that you're touching and impacting. So I would encourage you to not only live those moments out, but search them, ask for them, find them. Ask God, okay, what is it about this moment that you want me to do? Why did you bring me here? And the amazing thing is, as we live those things out, all of a sudden we become so energized. We become loving and compassionate for other people. And at the same time, we may no longer feel overwhelmed and exhausted and anxious. Or if we do feel those things, we put them in their proper perspective. And we continue to live out that image that God created us as. So we're going to go ahead and pray. And then um, I'm going to ask Tavo if you'd come up and uh, we'll do elements. So bow your heads with me, please. Father God, wow, you are, uh, you are amazing. We thank you for Thursday and that Friday usually follows it. That we get a break. And even more than that, we thank you that you give us a break spiritually, Lord. That we can give those things that weigh us down over to you. Father, this is what I pray. If somebody is wondering if they are loved, if somebody is wondering if there's anybody else in the world who cares about them, Father, I pray that you would speak to them now. And then beyond that, I pray that you would put it in our hearts as a community of faith, hope, and love to speak to those people as well. Father, help us to grow and to mature and help us to understand our transcendent identity and our meaning and our purpose and all the wonderful things that we can experience when we're connected to you. Father, we thank you because you care about even the smallest things that you are a personal God and that you do not turn your back on us. We understand that sometimes life is going to be hard, 
that things are going to seem impossible to overcome. We may even feel sometimes like giving up. But Father, at those moments, I just pray that your spirit would comfort us, would give us hope. And in community, that we would feel each other's needs and bear those burdens together. So Father, I thank you for this opportunity to speak. And I thank you for this group of people here tonight. May you bless them and enrich their lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this production by Mosaic Whittier, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information about Mosaic gatherings and events, please visit mosaic.org.